like you, maker of heaven, Lord of the land, and Lord of the sea, holy and true, faithful and able, Lord of all time and eternity. Dear friend, every word that God speaks is alive and full of power to inform and transform, to make us what He desires us to be. The entrance of His word will give you light. Truth produces roots, and then the roots will produce fruits. God bless you. This message was preached by Dr. Ferdinand Mweki, coordinator of Eternity Ministries. We believe you will be edified. For the inquiries, contact. Eternity Ministries, P.O. Box 2637, Bauchi, Nigeria, or telephone 0807 570 or 0802 361 5940, or send us an email at eternity at yahoo.com. That is eternity mean at yahoo.com. Don't forget, the bigger God gets in your eyes, the tinier your mountains become. focus is all rivers are not equal. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. All rivers are not equal. Hallelujah. Okay, let's pray again. Father, we thank you. You have brought us here this evening and you didn't gather us for theories. You have not gathered us for theories. So, Father, cause us to experience you in this place. Cause us to experience you in this place. Cause us to experience what you are talking about. Father, do something in us here that will increase the depth, the flow, the strength, the force, the breath, the latitude, the longitude, and the, the, the intensity of the rivers of your living water flowing through our innermost belly. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, gracious Savior. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, all rivers are not equal. That's what we are focusing on this evening. And uh, I have provided an outline so that you have a, 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 you know, a bird's eye view of the roadmap, what we will be looking at. And the first thing we will do is to look at the river. We'll look at scripture to identify what does the Bible mean when it talks about the river, the river of God's spirit. And then we are going to spend quite some time to look at what I call the necessity of the Spirit. The vital necessity of the Holy Spirit in our walk and work with the Lord. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. And we are going to be looking at that in some detail. 
And then we will now spend some time on all rivers are not equal. We are going to show both from scripture and from every other means that rivers are not the same. They differ. And the idea is that God will use that to stir up a hunger in our spirit for more of his river in our lives. Praise the Lord. And then the final component will be a fresh outpouring. We will be praying and we will be trusting God for a fresh outpouring of God's spirit upon our lives. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Have you understood the roadmap? Okay, so that is what we have just ahead of us. So right away we begin with the river. The river. The Bible says in Psalm 46 and verse 4. Actually, that Psalm 46 bears reading from verse 1. Uh, so let's just read it from verse 1 right away. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth is removed, and though the mountains are carried into the midst of the sea. Hallelujah. Though the mountains are carried into the midst of the sea, and though the waters roar and are troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. And then verse 4. By the way, there's a Selah at the end of that verse 3. Selah means think about it. Pause. Meditate on what you are hearing. And then verse 4 now says, There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that's right early. Praise the Lord. They say there is a river. You will notice that there are several things that are mentioned from verse 1. God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in the time of trouble. And then he said, therefore we will not fear. Though the earth is removed. Though, you know, and this man is standing on the earth. Can you imagine you are standing on Abuja. And then you say you will not fear. Even if Abuja is removed. So it means you better have you better be sure that there is something else you are standing on or else you will disappear into oblivion so the man has another confidence apart from the earth on which he's standing so even if the earth is removed and even if the mountains are uprooted and they are thrown into the midst of the sea and even if the sea is boiling over because of you know all the chaos going on with the mountains jumping into the sea huh? And the waters are roaring. He said, we will not be afraid. He said, why? He said, because there is a river. You see, the river of the spirit is the key to the heart that is settled. No matter what happens in the world where we live. It is the guarantee of the security of the believer. You know, in verse 1, he says, God is our refuge and our strength. And then in verse 4, he says, we will not fear because there is a river. So the God that he's talking about in this particular context is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he said there is a river. And he said the streams of this river will make glad the city of God. The holy place where the Most High dwells. You know that in the Old Testament they built a temple for God. But in the New Testament we are actually the tabernacle of the Most High. We are the holy place where the Most High dwells. Do you remember that Jesus 
said, and we are going to read that scripture now. He said, he that believeth on me as the scripture had said. We've been looking for this scripture until one day my wife pointed out to me that this thing is that Jesus, because as the scripture had said, where, where was it written? Because you read that in chapter 7 of John, but then where, where did the scripture say that? And she pointed out that this is Psalm 46. And the more we look, he said, out of his innermost belly, where the most high dwells, living inside your spirit. He said, a river. said, there will be rivers of living water. And this river is not a solitary river. It has streams. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high God himself dwells. There is a river. There is a river. <laughs> and listen, sir, if you have a river in the midst of dryness, if you have a river that is flowing inside you in the midst of chaos, this river is more than enough. And then, the scripture I mentioned in John chapter 7, verse 37, this is the Lord Jesus speaking. This is the Amplified Translation. It says, now, on the final and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried in a loud voice, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Note the direction. If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Is that in or out? That is in. Now, but look what he said next. He said, he who believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being, from his innermost being, shall flow continuously. I like the way the Amplified Bible put it. It's not an occasional flow. It's not a seasonal flow. It's not a seasonal flow. There are seasonal rivers. This is not a seasonal river. It says, out of his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. Notice that, that the direction is different. This direction is outward. The first direction, drink, is inward. That first one refers to salvation. Huh? He said, therefore with joy will you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, he said, if you know the gift of God and the person that is speaking to you, he said, you would have asked of me and I would have given you living water. He said, he that drinks of this, your water, what will happen to the person? He said, the person will thirst again, but there is a water that I will give, that when you drink that water, you will never thirst again. But the water that I give him, I shall give, will become in him, what? A well of water springing up to everlasting life. So you see, eternal life is the first water. You drink and it becomes a well of eternal life inside. But then there's an overflow that begins to flow out of your innermost being. Out, out, out of your innermost being shall flow continuously rivers of living water. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. So, in brief, that is the river. But apart from the river, remember that, okay, now, it, it, that's not even done. So, remember I said, 
out from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. Then look what he now says in John 7 39. But he was speaking here of the spirit. I don't know if you are following. Jesus was speaking of the spirit. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. So when he was talking of rivers, he wasn't talking of a physical river. He was talking of a person. A person that has capacity to flow. And to flow out of your innermost being. But he was speaking here of the spirit whom those who believed, trusted, and had faith in him were afterward. Afterward. Note, they had believed, they had trusted, and they had faith in him, but they were to afterward. So this outpouring and overflow of the spirit is an afterward experience following believing in Jesus. Are you following that? Some people say once you believe in Jesus and you are born again, you have the Holy Spirit. You don't need all this Holy Spirit baptism. You are not correct. These people believed in the Lord Jesus. They had adhered to and trusted in him. But there was an experience that the Bible said will happen to them afterward. Afterward. And that is this mighty infilling of the Holy Spirit. And, and can I draw your attention to that, that line there? The latter part of verse 39. He said, For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified, raised to honor. You know, <laughs> you know, it's amazing to me. The more I study what Jesus purchased for us, the more mind-boggling it is. If what the scripture is saying here is that the Holy Spirit had not been poured out because Jesus had not been glorified. And Jesus had not been glorified because he had not gone to the cross, paid our price, been raised from the dead, and ascended to heaven at the right hand of the Father. But after Jesus died and rose, remember Peter was speaking on the day of Pentecost, he said, and he, being exalted to the right hand of the Father, has received and poured out this which you see and hear. That's what Peter told them on the day of Pentecost. So when Jesus was exalted and seated at the right hand of the Father, he received the Holy Spirit from the Father and poured out. And, and take note, take note, listen. The Holy Spirit is not an outpouring that God makes apart from himself. God said, I will pour out of my spirit. The Holy Spirit is not something that God takes from somewhere and pours out on people. It is what he pours is actually his own spirit that he pours out to his people. This is, this is, is, is mind-boggling. And, and to prove this thing to you, if when you have time, study Isaiah chapter 52 from verse 13. That's where you have, you know, the servant. Say, behold my servant. You can turn to it. I'm going to quote some of it because of our time. We are not going to go there to study in detail. But I wanted to show you something. He said, Isaiah 52 from verse 13. He said, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and be extolled, and he shall be very high. He said, As many were astonished at thee, his visage was so mad more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him. 
For what had not been told them shall they behold, and what they had not known shall they consider. You now get into chapter 53. Now pay attention. Don't let the chapter divisions in the Bible distract you. Many, many times we think that when a new chapter is mentioned, a new subject is being discussed. The Bible was not written in chapters and verses. So chapter 53 is actually a continuation of what the servant did in chapter 52. Huh? Say, as many were astonished at you, his visage, his form, his appearance was so mad, so destroyed, that as the NLT says, one will hardly know that it was a man standing there. So now you now get into chapter 53 verse 1, you hear the Bible say, who has believed our report? Which report? The report that you are hearing now of chapter 52 and what the servant did. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For it shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. Hallelujah. And by his stripes we have been healed. All of us like sheep, we have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. By the end of chapter 53, he says, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the strong, and he shall divide the portion. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and he made intercession for transgressors. By the time you get to chapter 54, verse 1, the first word there is sing, O barren. You see, the sing there is the song that was purchased by Calvary. Look at the billions of songs released from the cross. You say you can sing now. You that didn't bear, break forth into singing. Your price has been paid. Your matter has been settled. Start singing. You say sing. Sing. You that was barren. He said, for more are the children of the desolate woman than, than of the married woman. Then he said, enlarge the place of your tent. Supernatural enlargement was purchased for us as a consequence of the cross. Enlarge the place of your tent. He said, strengthen. He said, stretch out your curtain. The unlimited life issues out of Calvary. Oh, hallelujah to the Son of God. The life that is unlimited was purchased at the cross. He said, strengthen your stakes. Then he kept on talking, he kept on talking, saying all the things that, everything you read in chapter 54 is a consequence of chapter 52 and chapter 53. He said, your maker is your husband. So you're going to forget the shame of your past. Huh? Then down, 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 you know what he says? He says, my covenant of peace will never be taken away from you. Why is that so? Because the chastisement of our peace was upon him. So how will he take away the covenant of peace when Jesus has already carried the chastisement of our peace? 
By the time you get to the end of chapter 54, he says, I have created the waster and the destroyer that fashioned their weapon. Huh? I'm the one that made them. He said, therefore, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall do what? Shall prosper. You know, we normally quote that scripture, but we don't realize that that thing was purchased at the cross. It's connected to chapter 52. Chapter, it's because of what Jesus did. You know what Jesus said? He said, I give you power and authority over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. That's Isaiah 54 you are reading. And then he said, he said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, he said, thou shalt condemn. Now listen, he said, this is the heritage of the servants of the Most High God and listen, their righteousness is of me. Did you hear that? How did they, how, where is their righteousness coming from? He said, their righteous, I paid, I am their righteousness. And who is going to condemn somebody that God has justified? For he has made him to be seen, who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Did you understand this now? Now, here is where I was going. Chapter 55, verse 1. Oh, oh, if you look at this, we say, oh, 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 everyone that is thirsty, come to the water. That is the release of the spirit. That is the release of the spirit. He said, oh, 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 everyone who is thirsty, come to the water. Come, come and buy and eat wine and milk. Do you see the new wine there? Do you see the water? Come to the water, come and drink. Where is the water coming from? It is these rivers of living water that could not be released until Jesus was glorified. Now that he has paid the price in Isaiah 53 by 55, he said, come to the water. Come and drink. And you don't need money. He said, come and buy without money. Excuse me, please. How can you buy without money? It's because the price has been paid. So when you, when you have some time, I encourage you to go and study Isaiah 52, 53, 54, 55. In fact, down. By the time you get to chapter 61, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He's the same person. He's the Messiah. So now, I went this way to show you that the Holy Spirit could only be given after Jesus was glorified. That's what happened in Isaiah. Oh, everyone that is thirsty, come to the water. Come and drink. Say, why are you spending your money on something that is useless? Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, so that is the river. And the next thing we now want to quickly look at is what I call the necessity of the spirit. The necessity, the vital necessity of the operations of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Hallelujah. The first thing is that it is the spirit that gives life. Do you remember that scripture? I'm afraid that, okay, no, I'm sorry that we will not be able to read, go to all the Bible passages, but you may want to note them down um, so that you, you can do some study on your own. So it is the spirit that gives life. That's what Jesus said. He said the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The words I speak to you, they have the life of God inside. Hallelujah. Huh? Now, in Romans chapter 8, can we read Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2? Uh, if you find it, help me to read, please. 
Yes, if you find, please read. Careful. Yes. No condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus. Therefore, no condemnation now exists for those that are in Christ Jesus. Use the mic now. Thank you. Therefore, no condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus. Yes. Because the spirit of the spirit's law of life. The Spirit's law of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. So there is a certain law that is called the Spirit's law. It's the law of the Spirit. The Spirit of life. You see how some other version puts it. It says, for the law of the Spirit of life, where? In Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life. Hallelujah. And in Revelation chapter 11, verse 11, it was talking about those two prophets. You remember those two prophets? Huh? That would call down fire from heaven and, you know, perform other wonders. The Bible said when they had finished their testimony, not before. <laughs> I read that thing, it was interesting. He said, when they have finished their testimony, he said, the beast that comes out of the bottomless pit, we kill them. And then their dead body will lie down on the street for three days. But then the Bible says, after three and a half days, what happened? The spirit of life from God entered into them and they stood on their feet. And then they heard a voice from heaven say, come up here. And they ascended to heaven and their enemies were terrified. <laughs> the spirit of life. It is the spirit that gives life. He is the one that gives life to you. Look, eternal life is imparted by the Holy Spirit. He is the one that gives life to every part of your being. He is the one that gives life to your prayer life. <laughs> he is the one that gives life to the word of God. He is the one that makes letter, dead letter, to come alive. And then you start beholding wondrous things out of the word of God. He's the one that gives life. That gives life to your work with God. He's the one that gives life to a church. He's the one that gives life to our worship. Without him, we are just making noise. The music may sound great, but if he is not present and active, there is no life. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is the river. And that scripture in Ezekiel chapter 47, I hope that we can get back there. That scripture says, wherever the river flows, what happens please now? Life comes there. And that river will run into the Dead Sea. And that sea that everything is dead will come alive. So wherever the river flows, and that includes your mortal body. I said that includes your mortal body. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now I want us to read um, First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 12 I've put it up there on the board from the Amplified Translation can we all read it together please let's go don't forget we, are look, we have seen the river number 2 we are now looking at the necessity of the spirit and this first point is that it is the spirit that gives life he's the one that quickens can we all read this together now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world but the Holy Spirit, who is from God, why was it given to us? So that we might realize and comprehend 
and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. See, there's something here. The Bible is saying here that there are gifts. Huh? There are gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. I want, don't miss this. We have an inheritance. There are gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and so lavishly bestowed on us by God. But now here is the problem. How are you going to realize them? How are you going to comprehend them? How will you appreciate? What is going to bring you into an experience of what you have been given? Please pay attention. Most believers have no understanding of how to enter into what they have been given. You see, the fact that you have been given something does not guarantee that you are going to enjoy it. Somebody could give you a drink, Coca-Cola, or, or, or some Schweppes, some bottled drink, and then he has not given you an opener. You know you are holding the drink, is that not correct? You are holding the drink, but except you have something that will unlock that thing, you can't access what is inside. But you are holding the drink. The Bible says here that after God gave us every gift and gave us our inheritance in Christ as believers, he also gave us a spirit that will make it possible for us to realize and comprehend and appreciate for us to enter into what God has given to us. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, you are going to read things in, in the Bible that you will never experience. I said, without the help of the Holy Spirit, you will be reading verses in the Bible that will not manifest in your life. No wonder, Brother Paul, as soon as he knew that the Ephesians had received Christ and they had gotten saved, the Bible says Paul began to pray for those Ephesians. He said, since I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, I began to pray for you, that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ will give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know the hope the hope of his calling the hope to which he has called you that you may know how how vast are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power that is at work inside you See, see, many believers, when they are looking for the power of God, they are looking in the wrong place. He said that you may know the exceeding greatness of his power at work in you. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power. And he has given him the name that is above every name, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he has made him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Say the power that is at work in you is the same power that God exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And I want you to know it was the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And the Bible is saying that that is the power that is in you. And he now makes it possible for our eyes to be opened so that we can see 
what Jesus has purchased for us by redemption. Making it possible for us to walk in the fullness of it. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, there is no life. Number two, the Holy Spirit is the source of fruit and profit. Please go with me to Isaiah chapter 32. I want to read that scripture. You know, when you see all the things that are going to be happening until something else happens. Isaiah chapter 32 from verse 11. He said, tremble you women who are at ease. Be troubled you complacent ones. Strip yourselves. Make yourselves bare. Get sackcloth on your waist. People shall mourn upon, upon their breasts for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vine. On the land of my people will come up thorns and briars. That's a picture of the curse. Thorns and briars. Yes, on all the happy homes in the joyous city. Because the palaces will be forsaken. The bustling city will be deserted. The forts and the towers will become lairs forever. Enjoy your wild donkeys and wild animals. Eh? A pasture of flocks. Until the spirit is what? Is poured upon us from on high. And then what is going to happen? He said, then the wilderness will become what? A fruitful field. And the fruitful field will be counted as a forest. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness. Righteousness will remain in the fruitful field. And the work of righteousness will be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. My people will dwell in secure habitations. Blessed be God forevermore. Do you notice all the terrible things that will be happening? And they are going to continue happening until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high. And then everything will change. The wilderness will become a fruitful field. Listen, churches that look like a wilderness now, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God is going to convert them into a fruitful field. Yeah. A life that looks like a wilderness, all it needs an organization that looks dead and dry, all it needs is the river. And you are going to see life coming. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. So Jesus told the apostle, he said, tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And look at all the things that happened after they received power from on high. He changed everything. I said he changed everything. Oh, he changed everything. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we won't be able to read that. It says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to profit with all. To profit. So the Holy Spirit is the person that makes it possible for you to make profit in your Christian life. In other words, he is spiritual capital. The Holy Spirit is our spiritual capital for this Christian business. Imagine trying to do business without capital. That is what it looks like trying to do the Christian life without the river. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. I love the story of, uh, you know, please read the story in detail when you have some time. But I like the story and I like to tell that story often. The story of Paul and that slave girl in Philippi. Do you remember Paul and the Silas? They were... This was, this was how they ended up in prison. You remember? 
when there was an earthquake and uh, they were passing one day and there is this girl the bible says she was possessed with a spirit of divination the word divination there is python python if you have if your king james bible has imagined you will see there python it was a snake spirit inside the girl that enabled her to fortune tell <laughs> so if you saw that girl walking down the road you wouldn't know that she's carrying python inside human beings are deep and I, I, we don't have time to establish the capacity of your human spirit to receive more and more and more and more the greater and greater outpourings look what happened with the demon do you remember the man that was possessed with the demon Jesus said what is your name say my name is legion because there are many of us a legion in the Roman army is 6,000 soldiers so there were thousands of demons inside one person and their leader's name he called himself legion because he was commanding a legion when Jesus eventually cast out those spirits you remember they were begging him let's enter into the pigs there were 2,000 pigs feeding nearby if you cast us out, send us into the pigs, send us into the swine. Let us enter. Jesus said, Go. And you know what happened? These demon spirits came out of one man and entered into the pigs, 2,000 pigs. And they could not carry for one second what a man had carried for years. 2,000 pigs could not carry for a second what one man had carried for years. The Bible says all the pigs went boop, 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 and they went over the cliff. All of them drowned in the water. Now, all those, it means that each of those, each of those pigs collected demons. In fact, some of them probably got more than one. Thousands of demons inside one person. Listen, there is capacity inside you to receive more and more and more and more of God and of his grace. So that girl was possessed by, by Python. And as Paul and Co. were going to the place of prayer, the guy kept on following her. He said, these men are the servants of the Most High God. Though. They show you the way of salvation. You see, what she was saying was correct. But then the question is, which spirit was talking? You need discernment in this generation. You will be here as a leader, especially. You will be hearing things that sound correct. But may God help you to hear beyond words Amen. when you talk with people. Amen. When you are counseling people, they are going to sit in front of you. They will tell you stories that look straight and accurate. But if God grants you discernment to hear beyond words, then you will know what is under. She was doing this thing, doing this thing. And when she finished, she would go back to her business. The Bible says she brought much profit to her masters. And then one day, the Bible says Paul was grieved in the spirit. And he said, you unclean spirit, come out of her in the name of Jesus Christ. And <laughs> later that evening, the girl went to where she normally does her consultation. And she sat down. You know, customer has arrived. And the man has paid advance. He paid advance at the entrance and then entered into the consulting room to consult the girl to collect uh, divination to know the future. 
So the girl starts, and then I don't know how she normally stirs up the spirit that is like she did the thing. Nothing. Nothing. The the man, the customer was says, what's happening? I'll do the thing now. <laughs> she said, Oh God, there is nothing. <laughs> The man was angry. He went and met the master. I said, what happened to your girl? Give my money, give my money. Let me have my money back. <laughs> he said, wait, wait, wait first. She, then the master came to the girl. He said, what happened now? So you tell him the thing. He said, there is nothing. You know. He said, what do you mean there is nothing? <laughs> he said, where did you go to today? He said, I went around the market. There was one man there. The man is not very tall. He's short like this. He's small. They, they were calling him Smolly, Polly, 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 Smolly, Smolly. You know, Paul was not a big person in size. Paul means little. And it was a nickname. That's why the Corinthians dismissed him. Remember, they said, don't mind him, all these big letters he's writing. When he comes here now, you see that he's just one pinchomic man like that that is writing all these big things. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> now, I can imagine the master, they went to the, to the city square and they found a rapport. They said, if you know that thing, you cast out of that girl. Cast it inside. But Paul said, no, we don't cast in demons. They said, okay, we are going to cast you into prison. <laughs> and that was how Paul and Silas ended up in prison. But listen to the point of the story. Is that this girl brought profit to her masters. How did she bring profit? It was through the spirit that was inside that. In fact, the Bible says when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone. But what was it that, that went? It was the spirit. But that spirit was their hope of profit. Now, Paul himself is also a slave. And he also has a master. And Paul is also bringing profit for his own master. And how is Paul able to bring profit to his own master? By the spirit that is inside him. So on both sides of the aisle, in the kingdom of light and in the kingdom of darkness, the secret of profit is the spirit. Nobody has produced profit for the devil without a spirit inside the person. And nobody has produced profit for the kingdom of God without the Holy Spirit indwelling the person inside. If anything happens to the spirit, the hope of profit has disappeared. That's why the Bible says, don't quench the spirit, don't quench because if you quench him, you are quenching profit. If you grieve him, you are grieving your profit. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is the answer to our weariness and our dry generation. Please go with me to Psalm 68 verse 9. Oh, please, I, I can quote it, but I want you to read that scripture. Thou, O God, didst send a plentiful rain, whereby thou didst confirm thine inheritance when it was weary. Somebody read that scripture, please. You sent a plentiful rain. When your inheritance was languishing, what was the divine solution? Hallelujah. It was rain. 
They say, ask ye reign of the Lord in the time of the latter rain, and he will make the bright clouds, and he will give to every one of them showers of rain to every one of them, grass in the field. Zechariah chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. Ask of the Lord rain, rain, the river from heaven, in the time of the latter rain. He said, when your inheritance was weary, do you know that in, in your own personal life, in my own personal life, I notice that when I am weary, what I need to do is to find a place and rest, first of all. And then I start praying in the spirit. When I pray in the spirit for some time, supernatural strength and refreshment rises from the indwelling spirit. Every weariness that you are going through in your life, you will experience the river in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There will be a refreshing in your inner man. Amen. The weariness that is... Listen, this is a weary generation. People are getting tired on their race to heaven. That's why people drop out. The love of many is waxing cold. People are fainting. The answer is a plentiful rain. And you see, imagine in that scripture, say, Thou, O God, this shake out. Is to shake out. It's as if God held the pillars of heaven and he was shaking chuku, 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 like this and rain was pouring. To revive his inheritance. Hallelujah. Let's go to Joshua chapter 15. Verses 16 to 19. Joshua chapter 15. I love this story. <laughs> it's the story of how an axor Caleb's daughter got married. Joshua chapter 15. Said, yes. I will give my daughter Asa and the wife of the one who strikes down, strikes down and captures Kiriat Sefer. Kiriat Sefer. It was a place that had giants. And uh, 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 Caleb said, oh, if you are not a giant killer, don't come near my house where you say you are looking for my daughter. How, prove to me that you can look after her by, at, by taking care of some giants. Because after I've given her to you in marriage and two of you meet giants along the road, what will happen? I like this kind of father. Do you understand? I like the kind of, He's looking for a, a, a solid man, not just anybody who is floating around from anywhere. So I want to, I, I want to be sure of you before you marry my daughter. Go and take care of some, of some giants first. And you will think that nobody will qualify. But somebody qualified. Keep reading, please. So, Otniel. Otniel, lion of God. Othniel. That's what Otniel means. Lion of God. He, he, go ahead. Son of Caleb's brother, Kenneth, captured it. And Caleb gave his daughter as well as a wife. Yes. When she arrived, she persuaded Othniel to ask her father for a field. So she got up a donkey. Philip asked her, What do you want? What do you want? She replied, Yes. Give me a blessing. Give me a blessing. Since you have given me a land in the Negev. You have given me land in the Negev. You have given me land in the Negev. Give me a blessing. Yes. Give me the springs of water. Also. Give me the springs of water also. So he gave her the upper and the lower springs. He gave her the upper and the lower springs. Please look up here. 
Look, what, what, uh, I think it's Living Bible. Is that Living Bible you have there? King, you read Living Bible, um, uh, Nevada. Um, From verse 18. Yes. She got on her donkey to speak to Caleb about this. What is it? What can I do for you? He asked. And she replied, Give me another present. Give me another present. For the land you gave me is a desert. The land you gave me is a desert. Give us some springs too. Give us some springs also. Then he gave her the upper and the lower He gave her the upper and the lower springs. Now I want you to see what's going on here. This lady got a wedding present, and what, what, what she got was land in the desert. If you Negeb is correct, because the south of Israel is desert. That's land in the south. It's a south land, it's a dry land, it's a desert land. He said, You have given me land in the desert. Give me the springs of water. Give me the answer to my assignment. See, this was an agrarian community. It's either you farmed or you raised cattle. So land in the desert as your wedding present is almost a death sentence. But there is an answer to it. Are you following the matter here now? And Aksa no knew that if you get land in the desert and that was all you got, you are in trouble. But if you got land in the desert and you also got another present, then you will be well. And that present was rivers of water. She said, you have given us a desert land. You know, when the Lord showed me this scripture, I began to say, Father, you have given us a desert generation. A generation that is dry. If we look, we are, we are dealing with the southernmost generation. The driest is a wilderness. Where the knowledge and the fear of God has almost disappeared from the land. Give us the springs that we answer to this generation. Amen. This is the prayer church must pray. We have to agree that we do not have what we are going to use to face what is facing us. Church must come to that reality check. And then we begin to pray desperately for the river. And the Bible said, Caleb. Caleb gave her the upper and the lower springs. The upper and the lower springs. Caleb gave to her. And she said, thanks, thanks dad. Bye-bye. Then she could go on honeymoon now. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The river is the answer. Look what James wrote in James chapter 5 verse 7. He says, so be patient brethren as you wait till the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits expectantly. What is the farmer waiting for everybody? He's waiting for the precious harvest. But what is going to prepare that precious harvest? He said, see how he keeps up his patient vigil over it until until that land receives what? The early and the late rains. The former and the latter rains. The upper and the lower springs. Until that land receives it, there is no precious harvest coming. This is the kind of prayer we must be asking God for an outpouring of his spirit that we guarantee and secure his precious harvest. So you also must be patient. Establish your heart. Strengthen and confirm them in the final certainty. For the coming of the Lord draws near. Hallelujah. The power to live and minister like the master is found in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 
The Lord Jesus Christ said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Hallelujah. Because he has anointed me to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. Do you know that the apostles could make the same statement after they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? They could quote Luke chapter 4 verse 18. To heal the broken hearted. To set the captives free. Because that's what they were doing. How were they able to do it? Because the same spirit that was on their master was upon them. You know, I, I, I saw something I want, to sh- I want to share with you. Can you go with me to Numbers chapter 11, please? Let's go to Numbers 11 and read something there. I saw the, the, the scarcely known secret of the ministry of Moses. You know, when you hear all the things that Moses did, eh? You will, you will not, you, you may not, you think he was just because he was holding a rod in his hand. I'm going to show you something from this scripture. Now look at that, look at that scripture. This was when Moses was, he was exasperated. He was weary. The body was too much for the man of God. Eh? So he began to talk. If you look from verse 10, eh? see there, Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, everyone at the door of his tents. And the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Moses also was displeased. Moses said to them, why have you afflicted your servant? Why have I not found favor in your sight that you, have, you laid the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I beget them? That you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which you swore to their father. Where, where, where am I going to get meat to give all these people? <laughs> For they weep all over me saying, give us meat that we may eat. I'm not able to bear all these people alone, no. Because the body is too heavy for me. If you are going to treat me like this, just kill me here and now. <laughs> if I found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my own wretchedness, just kill me here and now. Just close my case. But notice that God didn't kill him. Did God kill Moses? Listen, I want you to know something. God does not kill his servants that are weary. God does not dismiss his servants in their time of weariness. When Elijah prayed, take my life, I'm not better than my father's. Did God kill him? I pray that this statement will encourage somebody in this place. There are some times when because of the burden of the work or the pressure of life, we, we feel like this. I want you to know that help is on the way. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit himself is our helper. So doing ministry without the river is like doing life without a helper. So now look what happened. Eh? Jump down to see what God said to Moses. Gather to me 70 men of the two elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. And bring them to the tabernacle of meeting that they may stand there with you. Verse 17. Then I will come down and talk with you there. I will take of the spirit that is upon you and I will put the same spirit upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with you that you may not bear it yourself alone. Now look at verse 24. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and he gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tabernacle. 25. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the 70 elders and it happened when the spirit rested upon them that they prophesied 
although they never did so again. Can somebody read NLT or Living Bible? That verse, I think it's verse uh, 20, what now? Is that 25? 25. Read 25, please. Yes. Yes. And the Lord took up the spirit that was upon Moses and put it on the seventy elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied for some time. Did you understand? God took. So, man, see the point. Don't miss the point. So, there was a spirit that was that rested on Moses. I think maybe why I miss this thing is because in the King James, the spirit there is small, a small letter. But if you look at New King James, NIV, and all the others, it's capital spirit. The Holy Spirit rested on Moses throughout his ministry. It wasn't just a stick Moses was carrying that did all those things that you read in the Bible. It was the Holy Spirit working on this man's life. And when that spirit was, God took off the spirit, not all of he just took some of the spirit that was of Moses and put on this on these uh, seventy elders. That we say they prophesied. Even elder than me, that that stayed back in the camp, the spirit rested on them where they were there. And then somebody came and said, "Oh, my Lord Moses, elder than me, that are prophesying inside the camp." And then Joshua said, "My Lord Moses, stop them, stop them." <laughs> and then Moses said, "Are you jealous on my behalf?" How I wish the Lord will put his spirit upon all of his people. Oh, what a correct leader. How I wish that all of them will get what I got. Because what I got is what makes me behave the way I behave. And the, the reason they, were, they are the way they are is that they didn't have the same measure of what I received. All these people that have anointing and they want it to be personalized and permanent on their head alone. And they don't want the rest of the body of Christ to flow in the same measure of anointing. There is something they can learn from Moses here. Are you jealous on my behalf? You want me to be the only person that has Holy Spirit and I'm the one carrying all the load. That's the kind of ministry many pastors and preachers are doing today. They are the only one who is anointed. God never designed it like that. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So we see, see what happened when the Holy Spirit came on Eli, uh, uh, Elisha. You remember Elisha asked for the double portion eh, of the spirit that was upon Elijah. And when the two of them crossed, you know Elijah told him, if you see me when I'm taking up, you are going to get it. But if not, no way. And you know the story, Elisha saw Elijah taking up. He said, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen, they are up. Hey, hey. And Elijah was taken up to heaven. The mantle dropped. And Elisha took that mantle and came back to the brink of the river Jordan. <laughs> ah, there are men, oh. There are men. Men have walked with God. And they have seen. This thing gives me hope that there is hope for all of us in this place. Yeah. This man was a farmer from a, from a village in Israel. The name of the village is even too long. Abel Mehola. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> He was somebody special. He just carried the mantle and came back to the, to the brink of the Jordan. You know what he did? Listen to a prayer. See prayer. He took the mantle. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? That was the prayer. The Bible said, the Lord God of Elijah answered and the river Jordan divided. 
and the man walked across. And Bible said, when the sons of the prophet that we are in Jericho, when they saw him, you know what they said? They said the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. Why? Why could they say that? Because Elisha is now doing the same things that Elijah did. The same way he did, Elijah divided the river Jordan. Elisha now, in fact, I read the thing in the King James, he blessed me. He said it came to pass that when he also had struck the river Jordan, he divided. What the Holy Spirit does is that it, he, he, he adds we also into an estate where we have no business operating. When Peter and, and, and John also had said to the cripple, get up and walk, just like it happened with their master, the cripple also rose up and walked. When Peter also preached, just like with the master, people repented and, came and got saved. Why is that so? Because the same spirit that was on the master was resting on them. That's what the Bible said. He said, if the same spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead... Eh, lives in you, what is going to happen? Then the one that raised up Christ from the dead will quicken your mortal body by his spirit that is inside you. The Holy Spirit is the only, only our only access, hallelujah, to minister like Jesus ministered, to live like he lived, to walk with the Father like he walked with the Father. There is no other hope. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Listen to how the message translation puts that scripture in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. He said, it stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life. Look at what I put in the red there. Do you see that? What does he say? He will do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus. I've been praying this prayer for some time. I say, Holy Spirit of God, do in me everything you did inside my master. Jesus did not minister in this world as God. He ministered as a man that was filled with the Holy Spirit. To leave us an example. The same spirit that was in Jesus is inside you. Listen to what I'm saying though, because there is healing in this verse for your body. I said there is healing in this verse for your body. Jesus was dead for three days. The Holy Spirit entered into him and his body got out of that grave. Now you, you are not dead. You are alive. And the same spirit is inside you. He will quicken your mortal body. He will impart life to every part of And he didn't say when we get to heaven. This verse does not say he's going to do this thing when we get to heaven. He doesn't say that. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. I said blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, now I don't have time to do this. Maybe some other time we'll look at the picture of what Ezekiel saw. Now let's get to number three. Don't, don't forget the first thing we have seen is to look at the river. The second thing that we just finished is the necessity of the Spirit. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, there is no life. There is no fruit. There is no profit. There is no help. There is no spiritual capital for kingdom business. Hallelujah. Now, and this is the third component before we draw to a close. All rivers are not equal. You know the story of what happened when, uh, what's his name? Naaman. 
Naaman came and uh, stood before, in fact, he stood outside with his chariot. <laughs> and Elisha knew, okay, this guy is the only leprosy that needs to be cured. There's one leprosy outside and there's another one inside. Let's cure the two of them at the same time. <laughs> Did you get the point? <laughs> Neymar has two degrees of leprosy. The one that is visible outside, that he normally covers, and the one that is inside him. The leprosy of pride. Say, tell him that he should go and jump in the river Jordan seven times. <laughs> you know, if it were today, the man of God will come out to come and greet the, uh, the, the, the general that came from Syria. Say, tell him he should go and jump in the river seven times. Hey, Neman got angry. Neman got angry. Say, what? What? I thought that he's going to come out and he will stand. And call upon his God and wave his hand over the place, Mr. Neyman. If you know the formula for curing this leprosy, why did you come here? <laughs> what are you doing here? You should have done that thing in your place. <laughs> you are going to teach him how to cure your leprosy. <laughs> you are teaching the, the doctor his job. <laughs> you don't know you were referred to this place. You came with a referral letter. <laughs> Imagine, Doc, imagine that somebody came with a referral letter and then he's telling you how to solve the problem. <laughs> that the junior doctors that referred him didn't solve. <laughs> and then people came and begged him. You know what Neymar said? He said, are not Abana and Fapa, rivers of Damascus. Are they not better than all the rivers in Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? Mr. Neyman, you have been bathing in those rivers. They didn't do anything for you. <laughs> All rivers are not equal, Neyman. All rivers are not equal. There is a river of destiny where your leprosy, external and internal, will disappear from your life. In Ezekiel chapter 47, uh, the Bible says that river was coming out, remember, from the threshold. Make a note of that scripture and read it after. And the first thing that happened was it was coming out from under the threshold. And then the person with the measuring rod, he measured a thousand, a thousand cubits. And what happened? The water was to the ankle. Then he measured another one thousand and the water was to the knees. He measured another thousand. Where was the water now? The water was to the waist. He measured another thousand and the water was now a river that could not be crossed. A river that you have to swim in it. And he says, son of man, do you see these waters? They are flowing from the sanctuary. And wherever this river flows, there will be life. Hallelujah. It's a river of the spirit. But notice that all there were different depths of that river. Do you notice that? Initially it was a trickle. It was not even up to ankle. If you had measured it at the source, it was not up to ankle level. But then 1,000 cubits, 1,500 feet, a cubit is the distance from the tip of your middle finger to the tip of your elbow. It's about one and a half feet. So 1,500 feet down the line, it had reached the ankle. Another 1,000, so as the distance, as they are taking Ezekiel further down, hallelujah, further down, the depth of the river is increasing. The latitude, the width of the river is increasing. The strength of the river is increasing. I want you to remember that phrase because we are going to use it to pray. He measured a thousand. 
he measured a thousand. I have been asking the Lord to measure another thousand in my life. To measure another thousand in my work with him. He measured a thousand. He measured a thousand. Again, he measured a thousand. And he measured a thousand. Do you know that I believe that even when it had become a river to be swarmed, if you measure another thousand, there is a greater depth of the river. There is a greater flow of the river. There is a greater volume. That was where the matter stopped with Ezekiel, but that's not where the river stopped. See, where you have stopped right now in your experience of God, that's not where the river stopped. It's where you stopped. And I've come to tell you that there is more in God. I said, that's why we came here this evening, to look for more in God. He measured another thousand. Hallelujah. So Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure. He said, he that God has sent, John 3, 34, he that God has sent, speaketh the words of God, because he giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. If you look at the apostles, you will see that even beyond Pentecost, do you know that Bible says in chapter 4, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Down, down, he answered the apostles, said, the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. In other words, Pentecost was not an isolated experience. They kept on getting repeated feelings. Repeated feelings. May you experience repeated feelings of the Spirit of God. Repeated feelings. Greater measures. Greater depths of the Spirit. Blessed be God forevermore. Now look up on the board. I have a few pictures for you. Number one, all rivers are not equal in breadth or in width. This is a river. But it's not every river that is like this. With a long span suspension bridge, several kilometers across the river. Even in our country here, when you travel and you go over the Niger or you go over the river Benue, there are some other rivers that you will pass in seconds. You won't even know that you pass them. But here you are, you are traveling for maybe two or three kilometers on the bridge. All rivers are not equal. All rivers are not equal in volume. In the volume of the water that they carry, that they bear. You see some rivers, they are loaded. Water is pouring. All rivers are not equal in depth. This is a river, right? It's a river. In the Middle East, they have something they call wadi. Wadi, W-A-D-I. They are seasonal streams. Because of the temperatures in the Middle East, when the temperature gets very hot, those, those um, uh, 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 streams, they dry up. But when it rains, you know, water flows in those channels. It looks like a river. But they are seasonal streams. They are called wadis. That's how the flow of the Spirit is in the life of many believers. It's a seasonal flow. It flows for a season while they are inside church. But in the seasons of adversity, in the different seasons of life, instead of a greater flow of the river to answer the flood of the enemy, the water dries up. All rivers are not equal. There are rivers that dry up when the temperature rises, when the heat, when the heat increases, the river dries up and the person looks as dry as if there was never water in the place. Meanwhile, he's a child of God. 
that possesses the rivers of living water of the Almighty God, drying out in the heat of trial and with the rising temperatures of pressure. All rivers are not equal in temperature. This is a river. This is a river. But look what has happened to it. What has happened to it? It's frozen. In fact, my friend was telling me in a place like Canada, they said it's during the winter that they have plenty roads. There are places in Canada, it is in winter that they supply, supply things to those areas. Towards the North Pole. All the rivers become roads. I said all the rivers and the water become roads. Trailers, 18 wheelers, loaded with supplies, drive on the ice from the south, the, the lower southern part of the country to bring supplies up north. Look at this one now, it's a river. But see, you can see the tracks, you can see the, the tire marks of a vehicle on it. It has frozen. Because, but there are some rivers, they are hot all through. The, the water is, the temperature is constant. It doesn't freeze with the environment. May God interpret all these parables inside your spirit. Yeah. All rivers are not equal in their strength and in the force of the river. There are rivers that are weak. You can wade through them. But there are some rivers, if you step into it without being careful, whoosh, it will blow you away. It's a river. The other one is also a river. But the force, the strength, the torrent of the river, the current of the river is not the same. Sir, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. But I'm asking you, what is the volume of the river flowing inside you? What's the depth of the river? Is this all that God can do in your life? Is this where you are going to stop in this your journey? And I, I, you know, the river, look at the strength, look at the fall, look at the water. When you look at the Niagara, the Niagara Falls, that fall, or you look at the Victoria Falls, huh, those things are, is the river coming. And then suddenly there is a sharp cliff, and the water is thundering down. That's why they call the, 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 um, uh, the Victoria Falls on River Zambezi. They call it the smoke that thunders. Because you will see the smoke rising, the, the steam rising, the particles, and you will hear the crash of the water. All rivers are not equal. And, and, and you're going to see the importance of all of this. All rivers are not equal in content. Do you know this is a river? But it's different from this other one. It's different from this type of water. You, you know, incidentally, this is the kind of river that we had in my place. I used to swim inside when I was a boy in primary school. Some of you know that river in Anambra State. We had this, some people went and dumped some corpses some years ago. You remember? That river, the boundary, that is my town. That's my town. That's where I'm from. That river, that's where we used to go to fetch water. We would swim there. Do <laughs> you see the water? So it's not, the water in every river is not the same. Some rivers carry brackish water, brownish water. But there are rivers that carry clean, clean, crystal clear water. Pure and purified. This is how the river that is flowing out of some people are. It's a corrupted river. 
with all kinds of things inside. But water is coming. All river is not equal in topography. Rivers vary in their topography. And rivers vary in their length. Huh? There are rivers that cross states and countries. Look at the river Niger where it started. Crossing nations to run into Nigeria. Look at the river Nile where it started. And then it runs through several countries and empties into the Mediterranean in Egypt. Thousands of miles long. Sustaining the economies of nations. Do you know that Ethiopia and Egypt are, have been on the brink of war because of the river Nile? Ethiopia is building a dam. Egypt is not correct. The, the volume of water getting to us will not be sufficient. Ethiopia said we have a right over the river that passes through our place. There is something called the River Nile Commission. It is made up of several countries that manage the River Nile. Do you understand? River Nile sustains the economy of Egypt. Two things sustain Egyptian economy. Foreign aid, tourism, and then of course, a little agriculture around the River Nile. Look at the rivers, the Mississippi, and several other rivers around the world. Huh? Rivers are not the same in their length. And here is the point I don't want you to forget before we go to pray. As we draw to a close, the impact of a river is dependent on its source, its content, its depth, its breadth, its length, eh? its volume, and the force of the river. You see, all of these things impact on the impact of the river. I am saying to you that the impact of the river of the Spirit of God flowing through your life First of all, in your own life and in the life of those that God has called you to minister and to serve, the impact of the river is dependent on all of these things. The content, the force, the strength of the river. Listen, that's why somebody will preach a message and nobody will repent. Somebody will come with a river that has force. It will knock everything down and bring people to the foot of the cross. Oh, that the rivers of living water flowing out of your innermost being will nourish nations. Amen. I said will nourish nations in the name of Jesus. So that in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Amen. Do you know that it is possible that through one life, all the families of the earth shall be blessed? Look at a man called Billy Graham. Preach the gospel face to face to, to hundreds of millions of people. And by satellite, if you combine everything, it's more than two billion people that he has preached the gospel to. One life. How strong were the river, the river currents flowing from this one life? Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Don't you believe in Jesus? You're a believer in Jesus. And Jesus said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, as the unbreakable scriptures have said, I said as the unbreakable scriptures have said. Amen. Because scripture said it and scripture cannot be broken. That's the guarantee that it will happen in your life. Amen. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. So what must happen? Assess the content. Assess your river. The content. The temperature. The breadth. The length. The depth. The force. The strength of the river flowing inside you. And flowing through you.
And the final component, just before we pray, a fresh outpouring. Let's read that Ezekiel chapter 47 and draw to a close. Oh. God says, I will pour water on everybody. He said, no, on the person who is thirsty. Hallelujah. He has filled the hungry with good things. But the rich, what did he do to them now? He has sent them away empty-handed. Help me to read from verse, from verse 3. When the man, let me just read there, save time. When the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits. He brought me through the water. The water came to my Again, he measured a thousand. And he brought me through the waters. Again, he measured another thousand. And he brought me through the water. And again, he measured another thousand. This evening, you are going to ask God to measure another thousand for you. Amen. You see the grace of God. God doesn't just carry us and throw us into the river. He measures according to our capacities. Why does he have to measure? Because if he just took somebody and boom in the river, you can drown inside. He measured a thousand. It looks to me like God is measuring according to our hunger. He's measuring according to our capacity. He's measuring according to our kingdom responsibility. He measured a thousand. He measured a thousand. Is somebody saying to God, I'm tired of ankle deep. Measure another thousand in my life. And if you think you are waist deep, why don't you ask for another thousand? Even if you think you are swimming in the river, did you think that that was where the river ended? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this thing must be a personalized experience in this place here tonight. I say it must be a personalized experience. It cannot be a group experience. The Bible said when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one accord in one place, and suddenly there, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, uh, and it filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them cloven Cloven, the word is diamerizo, utterly separate, cloven tongues of fire, and it sat on the head of every one of them. Cloven, each person received a fire pack. I said each person received a fire pack. Yeah. It happened in a group where it was an individual experience. The reason for that is because a group fire pack will not be sufficient when the group has dismissed. I said a group fire pack will not be sufficient when the group has done what? Has dismissed. Look what happened in the of the apostles. Because each person received a fire pack when it was time to go. Hallelujah. Philip went to Samaria. Fire was burning in the place. Wherever they went, they carried their own fire because it landed on each person. It was not just one big group something. And if you are hungry here tonight, you must be saying to God, Father, I want to encounter you for myself. I can't have a dependent Christianity. I can't afford a system where there is a Peter or there is one big... You see, that's the trouble in today's church. There is one big bonfire when we gather inside church and then when church is over, everybody go back into their darkness and their lukewarmness. Why is that so? Because they did not individually con connect and collect their own fire. You will receive your own fire in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The rivers will be flowing from your own innermost belly. Amen. And you will carry those rivers to every walk of life. 
is it possible that you will need to dredge the channels? You see, when the river channel has been blocked, blocked by particles, blocked by debris, blocked by all kinds of things, those things can reduce. Look what is happening to the river Benue and the river Niger. All kinds of sand and silt and all kinds of things are dumped in the river. Those rivers are dying. What, what must be done? There must be a dredging of the channels. There must be a dredging of your spirit this evening. Of everything that is blocking the flow of this river. I said everything that is blocking the flow of this river. If there is a bitterness somewhere, a lust, an impurity, an anger, a quenching of the spirit, a provoking of the spirit, whatever it is in your spirit, cluttering, carita, that's the word, cluttering, cluttering, cluttering your inner man, there must be a dredging. So that the channels of the river can be opened. So that the river of the spirit can flow through full and free through our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Do you receive this message here tonight? I'm asking you, do you receive this message here tonight? All rivers are not equal. You might have experienced, you know, you know, you, you, I'm not speaking to you with the idea that you are blank. If you are here this evening and you have not been filled with the Holy Ghost, you are going to experience the infinite tonight. In the name of Jesus. But those of you that are already filled with the Holy Spirit, I am announcing to you that there is more in God. I said there is more in God. Hallelujah. All rivers are not equal. God can measure another thousand in your life tonight. Would you like to rise up on your feet and begin to pray? I will invite our brother Bionu to lead us for that to pray along these lines before we close tonight. Would you like to pray? Would you like to pray? Are you satisfied with where you are? Or you are saying to God, measure another thousand, measure another thousand, measure another thousand. Move me from Uncle Deep, move me forward. Present Bahana time.